It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 3814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, February 9th, 2012. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My father Greg Gwynn is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Looking forward to our study. We always look forward to Thursday nights when we can uh, join together with a lot of other people over the internet and Look to God's Word to answer some important questions. And if you're listening to us live tonight, we look forward to hearing from you during the program. If you're listening to us in the recorded version, we'd like to hear from you as well. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Join in the chat room with other listeners on the program tonight as we talk about a problem that is uh, probably very, very common. Jacob, we want to talk about depression tonight. We want to talk about dealing with depression and some of the things that we can learn from the Word of God. A lot of people are dealing with depression. Jacob, I, I mean, there's abundant statistics on the Internet uh, uh, concerning this question. I dug up a few today, but, I mean, it was just the hem of the garment. Yep. But just to get an idea of how pervasive the problem of depression is, um, consider some statistics. Depression disorders affect approximately 18.8 million American adults or about 9.5% of the U.S. population age 18 and older. One in ten. In any year, almost 10% of the U.S. adult population is suffering from various forms of depression. I think that's, I disagree with some of those statistics because they contradict some other statistics that we have here as well. Yeah. Usually one in 10 suffer from depression, but uh, according to a study uh, published in the USA Today uh, back in 2009, one in 10 Americans were taking antidepressants. So surely not everyone who's depressed is taking antidepressants. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're probably going to get some. some, Overlap here. Overlapping right. numbers here. I give you a few more numbers. And, and again, we're only doing this to sort of highlight the, tr- the problem that exists. Preschoolers are the fastest growing market for antidepressants. At least 4% of preschoolers, over a million children, are clinically depressed. 4% are taking antidepressants? Uh, 4%, uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, 4% of preschoolers are, are taking antidepressants. Uh, the rate of increase of depression among children is an astounding 23%. 15% of the population of most developed countries suffer severe depression. 30% of women depressed. Men fi- men's figures were previously thought to be half of that of women, but new estimates are higher. Uh, depression results in more absenteeism than almost any other physical disorder and costs employers more than $51 billion per year U.S. in absenteeism. Wow. And lost productivity. Mm. I mean, just all kinds of stats. As you say, USA Today had a, an article uh, on the number of people taking antidepressants. 10% of Americans, 27 million people are taking antidepressants. Uh, that was in the last year for which data was 2000, available. 2005. 2005. Yep. Among users of antidepressants, the percentage receiving psychotherapy fell from 31.5% to less than 20%. In other words, people used to get counseling. Now they're taking antidepressants and not getting counseling in it. But it says 80% of the patients uh, 
were treated. In other words, 80% of the people taking antidepressants were given those medications by doctors other than psychiatrists. So mm. just the, the family doctor is doling out antidepressants at a pretty fast clip. Uh, so that's big uh, money too. 122 million dollars back in I guess 2009 spent on advertising these drugs. So it's a, it's a big problem. I, I I think it would be foolish for anyone to say it's not an issue. It's obviously an issue. But as we try to do on the virtual Bible study, Jacob, with everything, what we want to do is try to look at it from a biblical perspective. There, there's certainly uh, a lot of research. Man's wisdom has been. Uh, applied to try and deal with these issues and and i don't doubt that they've come up with some answers maybe some good maybe some bad but for those of us who are bible believers we we would if we're consistent we have to believe that god's word would give us the best sort of information on on these kind of things and and so we want to look to god's word for what guidance we can gain from it in the matter of dealing with depression. We'd like to hear from you on the program tonight at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Now, the chances are, uh, statistically speaking, if we have more than 10 people listening to us, at least one of our listeners tonight has maybe dealt with uh, depression. We'd like uh, your feedback as well. Nothing to be ashamed of here. Uh, uh, certainly, you may have some uh, some things that could help other listeners who and are we got struggling a new, as well. we got a new participant by email tonight, Jacob. Uh, we have uh, uh, Dennis in Arkansas, who is a preacher and has done some study and, and done some lessons on depression. He sent us some, I think, some good insights, uh, so we'll be looking to his message as well. All right. Uh, let me tell you, I'm not going to read. I put out a pretty long update today. You did. Jacob, several questions that we yeah. want to try to deal with, so I'm not going to read them all to start off. I'm just going to read the first couple, and then we'll deal with those, and then we'll get to the, the later okay. questions as we go along. But to our update list, and we always remind you, you can be on that list by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, put me on the list. We'll do it. No okay. problem. All right. Uh, we, sent, we sent out on Thursday a message saying what our topic is going to be. Ask some questions that we hope to cover during the discussion. And today we sent out these couple of questions to start off. Number one, from your own experiences, do you consider depression to be a problem among Christians? Yes. Number two... Is it wrong for a Christian to acknowledge that he or she is depressed? And then sort of sub-questions to that. Can you think of any Bible characters who had to deal with depression? What, if anything, can we learn from their situation? Yeah, that's going to be good. So let's start out with that first one, Jacob. We ask our listeners, and if you're in the uh, in the chat room or if you have access to your email, we'll try to watch our email inbox as we go along through the program, questions at collegeview.com. But uh, get in that chat room, uh, and if you you can log on, just give yourself a name. You can give yourself your real name. You can give yourself a pin name. We don't care. It's free. You can get an account set up in about ten seconds, and you can be chatting away in the in the chat room. Maybe you'd like to share your experiences anonymously. You can do that there if you don't and, want to call in and, and share your your. Thoughts and we with us. we will try to watch the chat room comments as best we can. Sometimes we get so busy that we can't catch them all, but. You can chat away with others as we're, as we're studying tonight. But anyway, uh, question one, from your own experiences, do you consider depression to be a problem among Christians? We got an email from Mohan in Chicago, Illinois. He says, depression seems to be a problem among Christians. I have felt that way in the past. It's not wrong for Christians to acknowledge that they are depressed. They should seek help if possible. Other people can break off a friendship or move from the area, and this can cause depression for the one who had a great friendship with this other person. 
Some things a Christian can do to overcome depression is to be involved in the things of the Lord, such as evangelism, serving in the church, and fellowshipping with other believers. He's kind of covered all of our questions. He suggested some things that maybe we can do. We're going to be looking more to that at the end of the program. But Mohan says yes. Uh, uh, he thinks it is a problem that he feels that he has been depressed at times. You know, one of the things I think we deal with here, Jacob, is that this is sort of a moving target, this this Amb- question depression. Ambiguous. I, I, it's a little bit ambiguous, perhaps somewhat difficult to define. I don't think there's anybody in the world who hasn't had times when they felt good, mm-hmm. uh, sort of emotionally high and excited or enthusiastic, and times when you felt down or discouraged or maybe unhappy. Right. Um, how do we how do we say, you know, I, I had a bad day the other day. You know, things just didn't seem to go well. It, what, I wasn't real happy. Right. Uh, got home and kicked the dog, you know. Right. The was faucet I dip- was leaking. The faucet was leaking. The the kitchen sink stopped up. Yeah. And, you know, my wife and I had words, and it was just a bad day. Yeah. Am I depressed? Well, I, I it, part of my problem is, is that how we define depression, or is it something more than that? And I, it, it's, it's sort of an ambiguous area there. Well, and not all of those feelings are bad. I mean, God's designed us to have feelings like that in response to certain external things in our lives that 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 reaction prompts certain actions that are good and beneficial so we'll talk about it that as we go along as well but like you said it may be a little bit difficult to to define jim in uh, tompkinsville kentucky says yes depression is something that affects people whether they are christians or not so this is a subject that jim believes uh, is pertinent uh uh to all good message oh no that's not good Uh, when i didn't want all right well uh, uh we have a Dennis uh, who's, who's in Arkansas. He says, it is one of the greatest hindrances to experiencing the abundant life promised in Christ when asked the question, do you consider depression to be a problem among Christians? So uh, certainly appreciate those comments as well. Um, you know, while we're talking about that, you know, sometimes we need to feel bad. I, I, I think I would throw this in at the start of the discussion. Right. Sometimes you feel bad and you shouldn't, and that's maybe that's what we're talking about with depression, that, that, it's, that you are having an inappropriate response to right. external things right. and, and that you're not reacting like you should and that you're sort of you're out of phase. You're not, you know, you're not functioning accurately based upon the things that are going on in your life. But sometimes you deserve to feel bad. When you do bad... You should feel bad mm-hmm. until you take the steps to be forgiven of it. For right. instance, in James chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Well, that almost sounds like depression, doesn't it? Uh, aff- afflicted, mourning, weeping, laughter turned to mourning, joy to heaviness. Yeah. But James there was saying that's an appropriate response when you have done wrong, when you've sinned. God's even equipped us with a conscience that makes us feel bad when we deserve to feel bad. So uh, we're, we're not really talking about that tonight, but I think that needs to be in the mix. Some people who are feeling bad deserve to feel bad because they haven't done well. well we need to talk, you need to keep that verse in mind for later in the program when you ask the question about getting help for depression. And that is something that we need to remember. If we are depressed, if we're down, we need to ask ourselves, is there a reason and uh, does it a sign that something needs to change in my life? Okay. Uh, Dennis in the chat room, and this is Dennis who's also sent us an email. Uh, 
He says, uh, experiencing depression is a very normal, very normal part of life experience. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, and then yeah, Kevin he, adds, it seems our involvement can tend to head us toward productive service to God. Seems like our, our lack of involvement is related to a depressed state. Lane says depression is scary for the child of God. It can greatly hurt you spiritually and negatively affect your relationship with all. Yeah, and Mike in Indiana says uh, we all feel sad and down at times. The concerning thing is when it lingers and doesn't go away for long periods of time, especially when there doesn't seem to be an obvious reason for it. Now, and I think Mike has hit at what what we're trying to deal with tonight, the idea of, of, of depression in the sense of an ongoing, lingering syndrome not the same that, that is not necessarily appropriate. No, in other words, I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. Uh, I've got issues that I just can't seem to deal with, and there's not any r- real obvious reason for it, yeah. and, and but I can't make it go away. I think that's more what we're talking Dennis about. Dennis adds, the answer to depression that is due to sin is relieved through God's grace and mercy, and that is certainly true, and we appreciate those thoughts as well. All right, so uh, we, I think we have a, a unanimous yes to the question, do you consider depression to be a problem among Christians. I think everybody says yes. It is a problem. Uh, I believe it would probably be foolish to deny it as a problem. among. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a problem in the world. We read the statistics about the number of people who are taking antidepressants and so forth, Jacob. It's obviously a, present, a, a, a problem in the world. It And I think everybody acknowledges that Christians deal with it too. Now, as we go along in our study, we want to try to analyze how, how best to deal with it. And we're going to talk about some of the things that people can and should do, but we'll get to that. All right. Is it wrong? Second question, Jacob. Is it wrong for a Christian to acknowledge that he or she is depressed? Uh, and then as a follow-up, can you think of Bible characters who had to deal with depression? And then what, if anything, can we learn from their experiences? Um, well, Lane has an interesting comment. He says, think of the Beatitudes and... Uh Jesus said, blessed are they who mourn. So that's there's some feeling of sadness there, not necessarily clinical depression, but uh, certainly feeling sadness. Well, for, that was sadness for sin. Yeah. You know, that was right. that was that was uh, remorse, uh, repentance right. uh, when you've done wrong. Right. Uh, Bob at Indiana writes, uh, was Job depressed? Should he have been? Would you have been? You know, and mm-hmm. we, we just recently here at College View studied Job and studied the things that he dealt with, and certainly he was in a situation that would have made a person legitimately depressed. He didn't sin in the process, but he did. He, he certainly had a lot of things to bring him down. He says depression is like wearing sunglasses all the time. Eventually you don't notice the view is being colored because of it. Everything a depressed person sees looks normal to the depressed person. What do they say? Perception is reality. One cannot logically explain away the depressed person's issues and problems that they perceive any more than one could convince them that their blue is your red. In other words, Bob is saying that the depressed person begins to see everything through that perspective. Yes. And it, and you, it becomes hard to convince them that there's a different way to look at things, I guess. Okay. Uh, should we take a break and uh, continue? After? All right. So we're going we're gonna to look. The part of this that we want to get to is uh, what about some Bible characters who maybe were depressed and what can we learn from them? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Dennis in the chat room says the reason depression does not coincide with the life of a Christian is because depression can lead to a sense of hopelessness. This is inconsistent with who we are in Christ. And so 
we've got to take a balance. We've got to we've got to understand how depression will fit in with the life of a Christian. We'll continue to look into that as we get on the other side of the break. We'll look forward to your comments as well. If we'd like to join in the discussion tonight, the best way for you to do that is on the phone at 877-381-4567 or send your comments via email or the chat room as well, especially if you've uh, dealt with this and you can have suggestions for how others can deal with it as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. I'm Larry Raspberry, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a question for you. Do you believe in parachutes? I suppose you do. You believe they exist? But that's not what I mean. There's a difference between believing something or someone exists and putting your confidence in it or him. One who has seen a parachute knows they exist but has never put his confidence in one. Trying one on while standing on the ground isn't faith either. Going up in a plane intending to jump out with a parachute on is not faith in the parachute either. Opening the door at the moment of truth and gazing outside to the ground is not faith either. It is only when one jumps out the door, counts to ten, and pulls the ripcord that he has actually put his faith in the parachute. Many of you believe parachutes exist, but only a few have actually put your faith in one. Many people in the world say they believe God exists, but only a few put their faith in Him for salvation by doing what He says. We'd love to help you in developing a saving faith in God. If we can be of assistance, please contact us. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. And thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Here are some quotes worth pondering. God is the unseen guest at every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. What we need is the ability to tramp the last mile, shape the last plan, and endure the last hour's toil. The fight to the finish spirit is the one characteristic we must possess if we are to receive the prize. The fellow who does things that count usually doesn't stop to count them. It's easy to hate and it's difficult to love. Good things are difficult to achieve and bad things are very easy to get. The measure of a man is the way he bears up under misfortune. Man, I wish I'd said that. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we are back on the program. As we talk about depression tonight, we ask the question, uh, what are some examples of people in the Bible who has, may have suffered from depression? Lane suggests, uh, look at David. I mean, think of all that he dealt with in his life, from persecutions of Saul to his best friend Jonathan being killed to his son Absalom being killed. So many things happened to him, and so often uh, we saw it greatly depressed him. It brought his spirit to a low, but we see him turn to God, especially in the Psalms. God is the greatest way to cure depression. I think that's right. I, I was thinking uh, when you read Lane's comments there that David often in the Psalms talked about being brought low. Yeah. But he always turned to God in those episodes. So there's something to learn from his case. So right. Lane mentions uh, David. Uh, Mike mentions lots of cases of depression among children of God in the Bible. The weeping prophet Jeremiah, Job, even Jesus wept for Lazarus and over Jerusalem. It seems that Judas let depression uh, for what he did overcome him. So we see some dealing with it positively, some dealing with it negatively in the Bible, according to Mike. Appreciate those. Exactly right. By email, Dennis mentions Jesus, David, and Job. We've mentioned all those. 
Job uh, uh, expressed deep emotional distress. Uh, In all this, Job did not sin, the scripture says. The wrong comes into view when we fail to keep this emotional state in the proper domain. So I think that's a, a really good one. The question was, is it wrong for a Christian or child of God to acknowledge that he is depressed? Job expressed deep emotional distress, but the scripture says, in all this, Job did not sin. Yeah. So that's put, that, that's a, Dennis done a good job of putting two things together there. It's, it, it's not wrong uh, to be depressed, to say so. But it's wrong when we allow this to overtake us and we don't seek the God-given remedies that we'll hope to discuss in our program. All right. And the chat room is a buzz tonight. And so they're going to slide off the screen. We'll try and catch as many as we can. Uh, but uh, there's certainly uh, a good discussion in the chat room. Dennis also mentions Elijah as a classic case example of depression. Remember, after Elijah had had the confrontation with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, mm-hmm. one man against 450 and, of course, God demonstrated powerfully yep. uh, his uh, support for the cause that Elijah was proclaiming. But just after that, Jezebel said, you'll be dead by this time tomorrow. Yeah. And Elijah fled and was in a deep depression. Uh, and and God came to him and, and he, he, he came back from that. But Elijah, great man of God, so great, in fact, that he didn't die a physical death. He was transported away by God in the chariots of yeah. fire. And uh, uh, yet he was depressed. So I think we've got to come to the conclusion that the answer is no. Uh, Jim in Kentucky says, is it wrong for a Christian to acknowledge that he or she is depressed? No, it's not wrong. Knowing that you have a problem, identifying that problem is the first step in learning to resolve it. Uh, Bible characters who had to, probably Jonah. Now, Jonah I think probably is an example of a fellow who wasn't really dealing with it very well. You remember he, he sat down underneath the shade of that uh, a plant, and then when it withered, I mean, he was he was just beside himself, uh, unreasonably beside yeah. himself. Yeah. And so that may be a picture of just how you can get so low that even logic departs. Good reason and common sense leave you. In the, in the course of dealing with some of these kind of problems, J- Jonah might be a great case of that. Uh, he, said, uh, he says, what can we learn from their situations? De- we learn that depression comes when we cannot see a way out of a problem. We must train ourselves to learn to follow God's way out and accept his results. He offers Romans 8, 28 and 31. All right. Uh, we also in the chat room have some good comments here. Uh, Kevin says our guilt leads us to obedience when we change our focus. So talking about depression may be caused by sin. Uh, Kevin also asked the question, does our depression lead to greater service when we change our focus? And certainly there are some benefits to depression when it uh, means that there needs to be some changes in our life. We'll talk about that as we go along in the discussion as well tonight there's some discussion in the chat room about weeping is weeping an indication that you're depressed and uh so there's some comments about that you you know that being that goes to the question we were mentioning earlier jacob how do we exactly define this i mean uh, the points being made there you know jesus wept he was sorrowful unto death he was in a distressed state uh, but he says the distinguishing characteristic was moving forward I, i think you can be you can be, as he says, in a distraught, distressed state, even in a mournful state. But when you keep moving forward, then that's maybe not depression. I, I, I don't know that I would call Jesus depressed. He was certainly in a state of, of uh, he was certainly under a lot of 
of stress and duress. But it never, you know, I think of, of the kind of depressed people that we're describing as people who just can't function. You know, they get yeah. they get so bad that they can't can't move forward. And I don't see that in Jesus. I don't necessarily see it in in some of these others who have been mentioned. We talked about people who certainly were in sad circumstances. But I don't know that all of the ones we've mentioned were necessarily depressed. I think Jonah probably was. I think Elijah was until God came and, and spoke with him and, and got him back on track. Uh, uh, David, Anthony says Jesus was anxious, anxious, not depressed. Uh, yeah, that might that might be. Uh, so uh, maybe those are all some things that go into uh, distinguishing He's, depression from just the normal grief that sometimes enter our life. You know, if you if, if a loved one dies, you're going to grieve over that. But that doesn't. Now, I've known of cases where people became non-functioning in the consequence of the death of a loved one. They just couldn't seem to do anything. They just lost all uh, focus and drive. But that's not typical. I mean, it's typical to mourn, but it's not typical to become completely incapacitated. In fact, we're told not to mourn in in certain ways uh, in... First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians yep. four eleven, uh, that we uh, sorrow not yeah. as others who have no hope. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, Lane makes an interesting comment in the chat room, and I will apologize in advance because we're going to miss some of these. But Lane says, "Just a thought. I believe that we as Christians, especially those who are lose, uh, those whom are losing encouragement, may become depressed due to the world." Sometimes we can get down and feel overcome by the battles around us, and that, in my mind, is a more dominant depression among Christians apart from uh, weeping of a loss. And this is something that we need to address and try to fight off our brothers and sisters. Uh, a lot of the the depression that we may suffer is because we're failing to look at things through the perspective that God tells us to look at things yeah. through. You know, we're not looking at things from a biblical perspective. We're allowing the things of this world and the things of this life uh, to impact us in ways that God has told us not to allow that to happen. All right. Lane, Lane in the chat room says, I want to address a side of depression that are seen in younger people. Have you ever noticed that some young people can become worn down and completely unmotivated, depressed due to their personal home life? Uh, they may receive encouragement, but going to a home where there's a lot of problems and discouragement Harsh, ungodly parents, parents who aren't around anymore, being the only Christian in the home, so forth. What do you think? What do you advise? How do we help them? So we, we'll look to that. We'll try to we'll try to offer some suggestions. And I as think we you'll get, get some good suggestions half. in the chat room as well yeah. for that. If you're not in the chat room tonight, uh, join in. It's very easy to do that. And if you are listening to us from the podcast version, you're missing out on that good discussion in the chat room, and you might uh, make plans to be here live uh, for the program so you can uh, join in with other listeners. All right. Uh, well, hopefully we've done a, a reasonable job of sort of defining what, we, what we're talking about and giving some examples, even Bible examples. I, if, if uh, my guess is, if we were talked in person to everybody in the chat room, Jacob, everyone there, and you and I and Dan, who's running the board for us tonight, we've yeah. all we've all understood that we that there are people who have these severe forms of depression, uh, and we've likely all dealt with people who've been in those circumstances. Uh, what we've seen so far is that it's not wrong to acknowledge that you have the problem. In fact, you need to be realistic and identify the problem. Now, in, in the continuing part of our study, Jacob, what we want to do is try to see well, uh, what we can do from a biblical standpoint when we find ourselves there. This is the heart of the, of the of program. This is what we need to talk about. It's not, a, not wrong necessarily to be depressed. 
uh, not necessarily. There could be times when it is wrong to be depressed. It's not wrong to be depressed necessarily. It's not wrong to admit that you are. What are you going to do about it? The Bible has numerous instructions and uh, guidances and principles for us to apply on how to overcome uh, that depression. Okay, so let me give, before we go to our halftime break, Jacob, let me give the other half questions that we'll deal with in the second part of our study. I sent these out to our update list earlier. The, the next question was concerning the causes of depression. What are some of the things about myself mm. that can cause depression? Right. Right. Then what are some things that other people might do that can cause me to be depressed? So, so was, internal sources or external yeah, sources? So, so in other words, some things about me that make me depressed. Mm-hmm. Some things about you that make me depressed. Oh, boy, here we go. This is not <laughs> so, going to be fun. So that, that's what we want to look okay. at. All right. So okay. what are some of the causes? Then what are the treatments? First, what can a Christian do for himself to overcome depression? Secondly, what guidelines would you, would you suggest if one decides to seek help from others in dealing with depression? In other words, maybe I can help myself. If I need some outside help, what should I? What, what kind of things should I keep in mind as I'm seeking outside help? And then finally, is it wrong for a Christian to take medication oh. for depression? Because we we read the stats, Jacob. Lots of people are taking antidepressants. Lots of Christians, and I believe are a lot of Christians are. What do you think about taking medication for? Or depression. That's going to be a, that's going to be a hot discussion in the yeah. chat room. We'll have to hold that one though to the end. Save your comments for that. Get those ready to go. We'll take a break and we'll get back on the other side of the break, talking about how we deal with depression. What are we going to do? What do the scriptures teach us? Get those thoughts and those comments lined up. And the phone line is open and toll free. Give us a call during the break. Don't go anywhere. We get back right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. More and more we're hearing of folks who attend a certain church because there are, quote, lots of good activities for the young people. Often this is the sole basis for them making this important determination about where they will worship. Programs, activities, and groups for the young people, that's the drawing card. And what are the activities these folks are searching for? Are we talking here about carefully arranged Bible classes that seek to instill an understanding of God's Word in the hearts of our young people? Is it sound teaching from the pulpit and scriptural practice in the way the church does its business so that the young folks can learn respect for Bible authority? Is it love between brethren that manifests itself in each individual demonstrating hospitality one to another? 1 Peter 4 verse 9. Sadly, the answer is no. Instead, the activities that are desired for the young people are fun and games, youth groups that sponsor parties, retreats, outings, camps, softball and basketball leagues, and so forth. The bigger the better and the more the merrier seems to be the rule. Lest anyone misunderstand, let it be known that we love basketball, baseball, camping, parties, and fun and food in general. We strongly favor such things being provided as an avenue of good, clean fun for our young folks. But we insist that there is no authority in the Bible for the church to provide such. Let parents who really care see to that the kids have these needed diversions and let the church keep to its important authorized work. There's nothing better for our young people than this. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Roger Toombs and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. We welcome you back to the program tonight, and we'll remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. 
And we'll let you know if you go to our website, you can find out more about a sermon podcast there. We podcast a recent sermon every week, and you can follow that on your iPod or other MP3 player. We appreciate you being on the program tonight. Dan is behind the controls. Dan made a bold statement during the break. He says he's keeping up with the chat room. It's almost a superhuman feat, uh, Dan. Uh, what kind of comments are you seeing there? Just just a lot of different comments, some that are really good points um, from different from different listeners, really enjoying their comments. All right. So what was, I think this, this topic obviously <clears throat> strikes a chord. I mean, it's obviously something people realize is an issue that we've got to address, that we need to be on, you know, in touch with it and on top of it uh, from a biblical point of view. All right, and I think they are less. They may be enjoying the discussion in the chat room more than they're enjoying our discussion tonight, and if so, I guess that's good. We said concerning the causes of depression, what are some of the things about myself that can lead to depression? Well, Jim in Kentucky says when we are emotionally or physically weak, we can become easily depressed. When we focus too much on our failures and not our successes or when we do not learn what God says is success versus what the world says it is. For example, if we are a faithful, if we are faithful to God, we are successful. It does not matter our financial situation. Yet the world views money as the means of measuring success when God does not. One can be poor and faithful and be successful before God. Too many focus on worldly achievement and not on spiritual achievement. I think those are all great points, Jim. I think you're right on, spot on. Um, there's a there, Initially, he said, when we are emotionally or physically weak, we might comment about, you know, the fact that physical ailment mm-hmm. can contribute to depression. There are, there are pro- I mean, physiological problems. Yeah, and probably. there might even be so-called chemical imbalances right. in, the, in the brain that can cause that. And, and, and. I just I don't deny that at all, uh, and those are the kind of people who need to seek professional help for sure. And maybe because I think there are some avenues by which those kinds of problems. I'm not I'm certainly not an expert on that at all, but I think that there is a resource available to people today that wouldn't have been there not so very long ago, not too many years ago. People couldn't have sought those kind of uh, modes of relief that are available today. So sometimes physical problems can contribute to depression. Jim says emotional problems can certainly contribute to it. Uh, you know, again, if, if I've been going through an emotionally hard time, maybe I've lost a loved one. Uh, maybe I've lost my job uh, or, or other things like that, that that make you emotionally low can contribute to being depressed. But I, I especially like what Jim said is that uh, – we got to measure success by God's standard, not the world's. The world says you're successful if you have lots of money and you enjoy carnal pleasures. In other words, Youth if you, and if, health. And, it, well, and maybe even sinfully. Oh, sinful uh, pleasures. Well, yeah. Immoral pleasures. Yeah. You know, uh, and and if, if you think that that's what it takes to be happy and you can't achieve it, then you get depressed because you're trying to measure success by the world's standard. And, that, and that's wrong. So from that, I would su- sort of summarize and generalize what Jim is saying is we got to get a godly perspective on life. What is it really all about? You know, Moses uh, stands as a great example. We've referenced him many times. But in Hebrews chapter 11, he's included there uh, among those faithful of God from the Old Testament era. Uh, 
And he it says, verse 24, Hebrews 11, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Uh, he he had his perspective right. And, you know, he had, he went through some tough times, and the Israelites themselves put an awful lot on him. Yeah, and he, went, and he got he, low. He yeah, rode he got, up and down with the yeah, and he got He got in some well, yeah. emotional lows, but he yeah. never lost his capacity to function and move forward, do what God wanted done. Well, you also can think of Paul and his perspective in 2 Timothy chapter 4, where history tells us he's you know close to being... Uh, executed for his faith, and I think there'd be many of us who would be very down and depressed at that time, saying, what in the world is going on? Why me? You know, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Instead, Paul, with his perspective, says he's ready to be offered, and he's fought a good fight, henceforth has laid up a crown, and so uh, he he had the right perspective. Uh, Dennis mentions by email that one of the things about myself that can lead to being depressed is self-absorbed, and he says he's taught lessons answering our out of answering our anger or answering out anger and facing the past. <clears throat> you know, I think self-absorbed, I think when I get self-absorbed, it's very easy to get down, get low, and maybe even fall into that state of official depression. It, it's, you know, I'm, it's all about me, and things are not, people are not treating me right. Things are not happening. And I'm, and not getting, I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not being treated right. right. Why don't people love me like I think I should be loved? You know, when I start thinking that way, it's easy to get depressed. And, and so that is the idea of being self-absorbed. And I think we're, one of the solutions out of depression sometimes is to is to refocus, stop focusing on self so much and focus on God, serving God and serving others. And, and I think when we do that, very often we can work our way out of a, a low time. When you're helping someone else, it surely makes your problems look more insignificant and uh, takes your focus off of them, if nothing else. And so certainly that is... A good suggestion. Any that. suggestions in the chat room, Jay? Yeah, I'm sure there are. There's a whole pile of them. I can't see them all. Uh, you got them, Dan? Dan, go ahead. Yeah, I've got the um, uh, not in Mount, Mount Pleasant, it appears. Uh, he says, uh, faith is the antidote for depression, a loving faith. Well, that's, that's a, very good. That's a good comment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, guest 17 says, sometimes going through certain things does help you bond with someone struggling with it later. Good opportunities from a Good opportunities from a tough time, tough at the time situation. In other words, if I if I've gone through something tough, I I could use that as a tool to be helpful to someone else in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, We need to keep life in perspective. It's short compared to eternity. I think that's an important thing too. You know, the uh, uh, maybe it is bad right now, but in the big picture of things, it's not all that terribly important. Guest 974 says, what we constantly think about, we tend to become, uh, referencing Proverbs 23, verse 7, Mark 7, 21 through 23. Those who focus almost continuously upon the negative, how bad I feel, how hard I have it, woe is me, tend to dredge themselves deeper into depression. We must learn to concentrate upon more positive things to count our blessing. Pleasant thoughts and words are, quote, sweet to the soul and health to the bones, Proverbs 16, verse 24. All right, very good. Good comments. Um so, yes, there, there are things about myself that certainly can contribute to me being depressed. But I think those are answerable. We'll talk about that more in a minute. What are some of the things that other people can do? That was the, the other part of that question. What are the things that other people might do that can cause me to be depressed? Dennis answers anything that disappoints us. Abandon, fail to keep uh, the word, 
harm the innocent, et cetera, Ecclesiastes, he references. All right. Uh, he said, uh, Jim says, when we constantly belittle or criticize others, this can cause them to have feelings of uncertainty or feelings of being of little value. When we do not see ourselves as God sees us, then we are ripe for the temptations of the devil, even temptations such as believing that we are useless and serve no purpose. And, you know, I think Jim's right. And unfortunately, I think that there's a, a too a too abundant supply of critics, even in the Lord's church. Right. You know, some, uh, uh, Paul warned that we might bite and devour one another. And I think too often in local congregations, we we see a good dose of that. Yep. Where people are just compl- constantly harping and complaining and grousing and grumbling, criticizing everybody else. Uh, and, you know, if you allow yourself to dwell upon that, it can be a quite depressing thing. You yeah. know, uh, so, yes, but as Jim mentions, that's a tool of Satan. Uh, try to see yourself from the way God views you. In other words, they're, they're go- if you're doing the right thing. There are going to be plenty of people who are taking shots at you. They, they always have done that to God's faithful people. Read your Bible. Yep. All through the Old Testament and all through the New Testament, the people who were faithfully serving God were under intense attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't let that get you down. In fact, one way to look at it is you're in pretty good company. Yep. Uh, look, Make sure that you're doing what God wants. You can't please men all the time, but make sure you're pleasing God. Kevin in the chat room suggests that Job had three critics. Exactly right. The fellows who supposedly came to him to comfort him actually made it worse by falsely accusing him of having done things that he hadn't done. Right. And so uh, good good point, Kevin. Job is is an example that other people can add to my woes, Uh, even people who think they're trying to do the right thing. That's there's a lesson to be learned from that. I, I think Job's supposed comforters were way off base. They were pursuing a philosophy that is not true. Right. That. If something's going wrong in your life, it's because you've sinned. Mm-hmm. That that can be true, but it's not always true. Uh, and they they were adamant about that, and Job was adamant that he was not guilty. Right. But the, maybe one of the the lessons we can take away from that, Jacob, is that when we when we find somebody who's going through a hard time, we need to be careful in our approach to that person. We certainly need to tell them the truth and not teach them something erroneous like Job's critics did. But we just need to be careful in dealing with those kinds of situations the people are obviously in a very vulnerable condition and it 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 calls upon us to exercise great wisdom to pray for wisdom that we can help them in the ways that they best need it (laughs) the guest uh, 723 adds he had four critics his wife was as well and uh, that may be the worst uh, critic that he had. Uh, Dennis uh, said they did pretty good until they opened their mouth. And yeah, they, you know, they came. When they came, they sat down for seven days just sitting in the ashes with Job and didn't say anything because he, his situation was Maybe so Maybe that's what we horrible. should learn as well. when someone yeah. is Sometimes it's to... just best to be there. You All don't right. even have to say anything. All right. Uh, Lane suggests 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 10 that give us that, uh, that biblical perspective. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, yet not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our strength. All right. Dennis mentions Jesus asked for James and John to stay here and watch. When he was in such agony, anticipating his arrest and crucifixion in the garden, he just wanted his closest friends to be there with him. Sometimes that's the best thing we can do is just be there. All right. Uh, Paul is an example to Lane, and Lane says we must stay upbeat and remember the words of Paul. All right. We're going to take our last break, Jacob. When we get back, 
what can I do to help myself if mm. I'm depressed? If I decide to to reach out and seek help from others, what should I what what should I keep in mind if I do that? And finally, what about taking medication for depression? All right, good questions and good discussion coming up. Don't go anywhere. We go to the top of the hour right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. I'm Trent Haynes, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a reminder about the update mailing list for the virtual Bible study. Every Thursday shortly after noon, an email message is sent out with information about the topic for discussion on that evening's program. You're invited to start sending feedback and comments that are then included during the broadcast. If you'd like to be added to our update list, just send a message to questions at collegeview.com and put add me to the list in the subject line. That's all there is to it. This is Monty Overton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study. We appreciate your interest in the Bible. It is, after all, God's message to us. We thought you might be encouraged by a poem written by A.Z. Conrad entitled, The Bible Stands. It goes like this. Century follows century, there it stands. Empires rise and fall and are forgotten, there it stands. Dynasty succeeds dynasty, there it stands. Kings are crowned and uncrowned, there it stands. Emperors decree its extermination, there it stands. Atheists rail against it, there it stands. Agnostics smile cynically, there it stands. Profane, prayerless punsters caricature it, there it stands. Unbelief abandons it, there it stands. Higher critics deny its claimed inspiration, there it stands. The flames are kindled against it, there it stands. The tooth of time gnaws but makes no dent in it, there it stands. Infidels predict its abandonment, there it stands. Modernism tries to explain it away. There it stands. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we welcome you back, and we welcome your comments. Toll free, the line is open. Give us a uh, call and let us know your thoughts about how to deal with depression. What can help us through those difficult times? So, finally we get to the question, what can I do about it? If I'm depressed, what can I do about it? First of all, what can I do for myself? Dennis, by email, says, accept Jesus' invitation when he said, you who are heavy laden, find rest. Fix your faulty thinking. Uh, most all depression and emotional distress can be traced to faulty thinking. It is not what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens. That's a good question. So uh, the idea that Kevin suggests is, you know, get your thinking right. It really is a it's a thinking problem. Depression is, is something that... My well, thinking's yeah, not right. right Something right. is misfiring. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not hitting on all cylinders uh, in my thought process, and I need to get my thinking straightened out. So Dennis's suggestion is work on your thoughts. And uh, Jim's uh, suggestion is uh, Jesus regularly gave himself over to prayer. He knew the Father knew what he needed, but sometimes just conversing with God gives us strength we need to deal with life's problems. He often went to quiet places. Sometimes just getting away from others and the daily grind can of life can be helpful. Peace and quiet can do wonders. Also, in study of God's word, we learn that many of his faithful dealt with the same problems of life and were able to endure. So we can find strength in knowing that others have been successful in overcoming bouts with depression. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God will with temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Right. And so uh, I, I hadn't thought about tying that verse in until Jim mentions it here. But the idea is... This is not an impossible situation. I, I believe that that probably is something that we should stress. It's not the kind of thing that you're powerless about. 
Right. There is a solution. I think some people get to the point of thinking there's, there's no hope, absolutely no way out. If we believe God, then we have to trust that there is a way out. All right. All right. Um, I, I put down some thoughts. Uh, you got to trust God. Uh, Paul said from prison in Rome, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Why? Well, because he said in Second Timothy 1, the last letter that he wrote, he said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed to him. So Paul trusted God. We've got to trust God. I can do that myself. I need to get my mind around that. I've got to trust God. Mm-hmm. I've got to think positively and meditate on God's word. Uh, negative thinking is a certain source of depression. A person who constantly dwells on what is bad can see nothing good nor prospect for improvement is in real trouble. God gives us a better outlook. Paul said to think on positive things, Philippians 4, verse 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible can give light to our feet uh, along life's dreary pathway, Psalm 119, verse 105. Then I think that there's there's something that I've got to do, and that is I've got to deal. If, if there are things that I've actually done that are causing me to be depressed, yes. I've got to deal with that. That is true because that depression is uh, something that that's God given, or you know, that's a feeling that conscious that pricking you and causing you to be depressed is a God given thing, and it is possible to sear that conscience or to ignore that feeling for so long, or maybe to mask it in other ways, where we ignore uh, those emotions. And we fail to fix the problem. So I need to I need to t- meet God's conditions for pardon. Uh-huh. Uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. First John one Have verse faith nine. And trust in that as well. That's right. Uh, if I've got a situation that I'm not that I haven't dealt with, uh, you know, Ephesians four verse twenty six says, for instance, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Anger is not sinful, but it can be. Uh, Make certain that I'm dealing with anger properly. Repressed anger can develop into more problems. So not dealing with things, repressing certain things that I should be dealing with, certainly not dealing with guilt uh, can lead to more problems in my personal life. And then I would suggest uh, that you got to be realistic. Uh, if you're... you're you're not perfect, and if your goals have not been reached, your family, your friends, uh, other people around you let you down frequently. Depression and anxiety can result unless you take a realistic look at things. Concerning ourselves, we need to imitate Paul when he said in Philippians 3, beginning verse 12, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So, uh, I got to realize I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. Certainly, I've made my mistakes. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by them. I'm going to deal with the problem. I'm going to seek God's forgiveness, and I'm going to move forward like the Apostle Paul suggested there. All right. Excellent comments and uh, observations there. I appreciate those. Uh, guest 723 in the chat room asked a question, what's wrong with dwelling on things that may help us to improve? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the comment. Well, dwelling on things that you need to improve on, certainly you should dwell on those. But once you have uh, maybe corrected, you're saying don't dwell on things that you've already corrected that God's forgiven you of. Don't allow that. Uh, don't you know? Uh, uh, accept God's pardon and don't carry that guilt around. That's right. That, that's that's the idea I was thinking of, and along the lines of what Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians three verses twelve through fourteen. Paul. 
could have been completely devastated by his former life. Oh, yeah. I mean, when he, when, he, when, he, when he thought back on the things that he had done as a persecutor of Christians, when he thought, for instance, I mean, the, the scene of Stephen, he was there maybe overseeing the proceedings when Stephen was stoned to death. That, could, that sort of thing could, could have gotten him to the point where he wasn't able to function, couldn't move forward. He said, I put that behind me. He had, he had met God's conditions for pardon of that. Right. He put that behind him, moved forward. All right. He didn't dwell on it beyond dealing with it appropriately. That's right. So uh, we certainly learned from Paul as well. Like you said, he could have been incapacitated, all the terrible things he had done. Yeah. Uh, just atro- atrocious things he had done, but God had forgiven him. He's willing to accept that forgiveness and move on. Let us hear uh, your thoughts. We look forward to hearing from you in the remaining minutes of the program. We ask, okay, so I'm going to do what I can, but sometimes I, I think it's, it's I have to be perceptive to the situation in which I get myself so far down the road that I can't get myself out of the ditch. I get, I get so overcome by it all, I need somebody to help me. If I decide to seek help from somebody else, what should be some of the guidelines that I should pursue? Dennis says, certainly look for people who are going to coach you from a biblical perspective. There's a lot of bad counselors out there, Jacob, and I think that's the thing that I would caution people about. I would, I would certainly encourage you to get help if you need it. If your depression is such that you can't seem to remedy it by yourself. Now, I, I got to admit, Dan and I were talking about this earlier. I, I have been accused of being the kind of person who says, what you need to do is pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, get going, get busy, sort of slap yourself and say, come on, you can do it. I, I understand, I, I, although I've been accused of, of feeling that way or, or even talking that way, I understand that there are sometimes when you get in such a problem that you just need help. And it's not wrong to seek help, but certainly seek help from good counselors who are going to give you biblical counsel. Not everybody does. Yeah, that's what the long lines of Jim. He says, seek help from faithful Christians, from those who believe in God's word and his word uh, and use his word to guide us in life. Do not seek help from those who are non-Christians. For often their first suggestion is to reject the Bible as outdated and useless Seek help from those who will help you identify the problem and find a biblical way to resolve it. And certainly that is true because there are many who would give you exactly the opposite of the counsel that God would give you in his word. Yeah. Uh, because they're looking at. In things. other words, you know, I've known of situations where people have been counseled. Well, you probably what you need to do is get out of your marriage because it's bringing you down. Right. And so a, a, an ungodly counselor would offer the, the advice, leave that mate. Even though there's not a scriptural reason to do so, leave that mate. You've got to make yourself happy. And if, if what that takes is leaving this wife and seeking another one, then do that. Because you've got to do whatever it takes to make yourself happy. Or you've done you've done things that the Bible says are sinful, but don't worry about that. Don't worry. Don't feel guilty don't about that. Don't even think about Just it. Just ignore that. Yeah. 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 So we got to we got to be careful to to seek godly counselors. Uh, you know, even. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Jacob tells us to bear one another's burdens. Right. So we're supposed to help each other in difficult times. And we should be looking, we should be willing and humble enough to ask others to help us when we need help. Kevin, Kevin mentions in the chat room, it's hard to find good counsel, but there are some around. I have met some good ones, and I, I agree. Uh, Anthony mentions prayer. Prayer is the best help, in my opinion. I think you're right, Anthony. Uh, uh, guess. Uh, 974 says too many of us are to a degree self-centered we are constantly wondering why someone did not speak to us we are aggravated because our needs are not being addressed by the church 
The truth is, if many would get busy with the needs of others, they would not have time for preoccupation with personal problems. Remember this, even from the cross, the Savior was thinking of others. Good good comments there. Yeah, okay. uh, Dennis says, find a good listener. Get over it. Snap out of it is an inappropriate response sometimes. And, and I think that's right. Sometimes, you know, like I said, I've been accused of, of, of approaching things from that perspective. But I understand that sometimes you just can't snap out of it. You need help. Get godly help is a good thing. All right. Uh, you want to get to that last we question? we got to get to the last question. All right. And you've been holding your comments in the chat room tonight. So Let we'd like fly. your answers what about with uh, biblical references, if you can uh, supply them. For... Is it wrong for a Christian to take medication for depression? Give us your answer to that. Uh, Jim says uh, by email, I do not know. However, medication often only masks a situation, does not treat it. And uh, I, okay, I think that just commenting on what Jim said there, I think he's right. In other words, if, if I've got this situation and I'm feeling bad and I'm actually depressed, but it's one of those situations where I deserve to feel depressed. I've done such horrible and ungodly things, but I haven't repented and I haven't dealt with it and I haven't sought God's forgiveness. I should feel bad. Sometimes it's appropriate to feel bad. Should I take medication to mask that? I think no. If that's the, my situation, then and all I'm doing is just covering up uh, a guilty conscience, then no, medication is not the appropriate solution. And I think, it, in fact, medication should, at least in some perspective, should, you'd be very cautious about it. I talked to a man who, who had been prescribed antidepressants, and he said that the antidepressants made him care about nothing. He had absolutely no care in the world. Nothing bothered him. Forgot to pick up the kids from school. I mean, it just oblivious. And and now I'm not saying that that's the effect it has on everyone, but certainly that's not the state that we need to be in in order to be living as God would have us live. Uh, Dennis says, uh, is it wrong? Absolutely not. Sick with pneumonia, take an antibiotic. Clinically depressed, take an antidepressant. But do not be brought under the power of them. And he says, those who have taken them know what I mean. So, they can be misused. He's suggesting, I would agree with him, that they are appropriate at times, but they can be misused. I think they're probably way over-prescribed. Did you remember that st- that stat we had earlier, Jacob? 10%. Where uh, 10% of the U.S. population, was that what it was? See, but they're being prescribed by people who are not even experts in prescribing them. Uh, the percent of people, let's see. 10% of Americans, 27 million people were taking antidepressants in 2005. It's right. way up from 2005. Well, we're seven years from that from right. that stat. I think it's way higher. But he says 80% of the people taking them were, were having them prescribed by people who were not psychiatrists. No, we're just a family doctor. I think it, the family doctor is throwing those things out like candy, oh, if yeah. I understand it. And, oh, and yeah. I think they're over-prescribed, uh, and there are people taking them who don't need them, who need to deal with their their depression in other ways. Uh, I, mean, I would say that. I got an e- uh, in an email from Bob in Indiana. Uh, I got to deal with this real quickly, and we're almost out of time. He said, in my experience, both as a person who has had a depressed loved one and as a person who's probably experienced it himself, one has to consciously shift focus from oneself to something else. Cease focusing on your problems, your sadness, your finances, your wronged state, the things you can't do or have or whatever. That doesn't mean run free as those issues weren't real, but just quit concentrating on them as though that was the entirety of life. Look for opportunity to build feelings of self-worth, which often come best from helping and focusing on others. Look for enjoyment in everyday life. Good things continue to happen. Identify them. Enjoy them. Dwell on them if you can. Remember to take care of yourself physically, eating 
appropriate, getting plenty of sleep, reasonable work and exercise. Uh, take care of yourself emotionally. Be good to yourself, but again, not to sin uh, by excess. But he says it will take time, but maybe not as much time as one might think. If medication is advised by a professional, remember that it is an aid to recovery, not the ultimate solution to the issues. As with any medicine, take only as advised. For those who are involved with a depressed person, remember that it's like any other illness. Would you be angry with someone for getting the flu and feeling bad or exhibiting other disgusting symptoms? My dad had cancer, eventually dying as a young man due to it. He was not very pleasant to be around during that time either, but people had compassion and didn't really blame him for that. Consider that the depressed person may not want to have it may not want to behave the way that they are behaving, but cannot overcome it any more than my dad could overcome his cancer pain. Have patience, a lot of patience, compassion, possibly for a long time, and help them as you can. I found it a lot easier to forgive and overlook wrongs done toward me when I accepted depression was an illness. All right, good thoughts from Bob. It's somebody who's been there, and I know some of Bob's circumstance, and Bob's speaking from the eye of experience some of that matter guest 194 suggests that uh worshiping and assembling with the saints uh, will edify us uh, hebrews 10 23 and 22 25 and we hadn't commented on that but certainly being just being around our brethren worshiping god is uh, is we're told it will help us and and ex- and uh deal deal with things and expect improvement paul said philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me and we, we already said take care of your physical body. Get busy. I think one of the best solutions for depression is get busy, focusing on things that you can change, focusing on others and not focusing on self. Uh, uh, that will help. And certainly it was mentioned that prayer is a positive avenue to help. James 513. There we go. All right. Well, good comments tonight. And uh, we should make another apology to those in the chat room. We missed... We missed a majority of the of the comments. Tonight. Lots of good thoughts in the chat room. We appreciate everybody who was participating there. Thanks for listening. Good thoughts, Dan. Thanks for being behind the controls and for your help on the program tonight. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate and, uh, it. I Dad, enjoyed it. Dad, appreciate uh, your comments. Thanks, Jacob. Always enjoy our Thursday night studies. And uh, what about next week? What are we going to talk about? I don't know, but but if you send us an email and suggest something that you think is important, we can certainly add that to the possibilities. Let's do Had it. a question. Well, we we may do one of those question. One of those programs coming up pretty soon, Jay, where we just deal with a whole smorgasbord. What was the question? Thing. Some uh, uh, a fellow that I know well asked, "What what what should be our view of of unions uh, work in the workplace?" Oh, not marital unions. No, no, uh, you know, uh, uh, labor, labor unions. unions. Labor yeah. unions. What? So well, we might deal with that. No, could we do a whole program on that? No, I don't think so. I don't know. How I, I don't know. We'd have enough comments to cover a whole program. If, we, if you wanted to do that, I'd go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to that discussion. Look forward to you being back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College
College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.